0: Hi everybody! Welcome back to the Doctor Fruit and Don Podcast. It's April eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. I'm your host Don Seifer, and I'm here with Carrie Peter. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. All right. So it's just Carrie and I today. Uh, we talked about this over the weekend. Uh, you know, burning the candle at both <laughs> ends. Um, we really wanted to get a like a disease update out for you folks, and Carrie had a lot of concerns about uh, fire blight pressure coming up. Um, so we'll start with that. Carrie, take it away.
1: All right. Okay. So, you know, um, depending on where you're at today in the state or wherever you're listening, it's a chilly day and here in Biggerville and a little bit south of us, depending on how the weather was going, we actually had snow. Um, it was about 33 degrees here. Um, so, uh, but that might slow the trees down, but the warmer weather is definitely going to be coming in later in the week and definitely next week. So there's a good chance that based on what I'm seeing so far is that we may with the, the trees are pushing, we'll be have being bloom and we may have some fire blight infection potential. I will say potential, um, probably in the latter half over the weekend, maybe early next week. So what can we do right now to think about this? Um, So first of all, just as a reminder of what makes a fire blight uh, as far as the minimum requirements for uh, blossom infection, okay? So you need open blossoms for one. So if you're spraying streptomycin, it's only when the blossoms are open. So flowers have to be open. You have to accumulate at least 198 degree hours above 65 degrees And the warmer it is, the faster that will happen. So especially since we're going to be having some pretty warm temps by the end of the week, you need to have a wedding event or do to wash the bacteria in the flower or from the stigma of the flower down in the nectaries. And you need an average daily temperature of about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So you need all those four four criteria for blossom effect infection occur. So, But we don't wanna be managing blossom infection at the time the blooms are open. We actually wanna be start thinking about it now. So there is a few things that you could do to start priming your the plant defenses in the tree at this point. So there are a couple products out there that turn on the plant defenses. And that requires at least 48 hours in order for from the time of application to the time the plant defenses turn on. So you do wanna time it sort of close to when the infection conditions are going to be. Uh, so if the infection conditions are you know, going to be forecasted for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you wanna be thinking of that plant defense product later in the week. So especially if your blossoms are open or even if you're at like full pink, um, that's an okay time to put that on because by the time your blooms open, you know, your, your trees will be primed. Um, So um, Actigard is probably one of the best products out there. Um, You can use that at one to two ounces per acre, and you can throw that into a fungicide mixture as far as maybe a first spray, if you want. It's an expensive product. So focus that on your youngest leaves. Uh, I'm sorry, on your youngest trees. Um, Another product's LifeGuard. I would time LifeGuard as close to bloom, if not at, early bloom as possible because this one does have sort of a narrow window of one that turns on the plant defenses. Uh, Another one's Vasa plant. Vasa plant is also like actigar in the sense of you want to time it really close to bloom. So that's far as like late pink, uh, early bloom as far as focusing on those products. What you could put on right now actually is Apogee. So Apogee has been labeled for pink sprays and research out of Cornell has shown that an application of about six ounces to the acre um, will, when it's applied around pink, it actually will thicken up the plant cells within the flowers' nectaries, making it difficult for the bacteria to move its way down through the vascular system to get into the plant. Um, This really only works on highly vigorous apple trees. So if you have trees with low vigor, this isn't going to work. So it's really only beneficial in the high vigor tree. So you could put that on now. And I actually had a grower call me this morning asking me about this because that's what they wanted to do. Their trees were at pink and they want, they were thinking about next week. It does take time. So you need to at least allow like five to seven days for this to kick in, you know, because Apogee takes a while as far as to sort of turn on that Mechanism of as far as um, thickening up the plant cell walls. So, so that's what people can do right now as far as preparing for
0: fire blade. Great, thanks, Gary. Uh, I know we had also talked about apple scab. What's what should we be thinking about for apple scab coming up real soon?
1: So, if we're approaching bloom, this is the time when apple will the apple scab spores. Will start to peak. So, what does that mean? It means those, the the leaves that fell down on the orchard floor last year that had scab in them, um, they will their spores in those leaves mature to ascospores. Those ascospores can be released. So, we'll have the max number of available overwintering spores um, that could potentially cause infection. If there's a wedding bent. So, this is the time as far as late pink through petal fall that you want to be putting on your Frac Group 7 products. Um, so, that's Aprovia, Excalia, Fontellus, Miravis, uh, Circatus, Luna Tranquility, Luna Sensation, or Miravon. So, there's lots of products with a Frac 7 out there. Uh, so, Frac 7 is probably the best product right now, um, a strong product. Um, for apple scab, so we want to position that when the apple scab spores are high and when the disease pressure um, is at its peak, especially if there's a wedding event. So, high disease pressure is high number of ascospores available and a wedding event or extended wedding period. So, you know, it's it, as far as the conditions, environmental conditions coming up this weekend. It's going to be warm. So, an average temperature of like. 60 to 75 degrees um, for apple scab infection, if it's wet during that time, it only takes six hours of leaf wetness for an infection to occur. So we're getting a lot more green tissue out there. So it's important to make sure your trees are protected. And always, always, always tank mix with a broad spectrum fungicide, preferably a rainfast fast mango zip. So, you know, um, during this period, we may have like peak ab- apple scab spores and disease conditions for if there's disease conditions present for about two two and a half weeks, so you don't want to be putting repetitive Frac Seven sprays. So rotate with other other modes of action like Frac Three or Frac Nine or Frac Three Nine. So that's your Sebia and Indar, uh, Inspire Super, Vanguard. Um, so you know those are um, those are products that you can put on in rotation with the Seven during that time. Oh, and don't forget about rust. So I noticed that we've got a lot of rust galls, cedar apple rust galls on our cedar trees at the south end of our farm. Don't forget about rust. Mangazeb will help with rust. Um, so that is something that I don't want to make sure people forget about. Um, so that's another to make sure that's on your radar.
0: So, Carrie, would you mind talking just a little bit about rain fastness and what makes a product rain fast and how that kind of how that works?
1: So, okay. Uh, you may hear like Manzate Pro Stick or Roper Rain Shield or Dithane Rain Shield uh, or adding a spreader sticker to make a broad spectrum rain fast. So what does that mean? It means the ability of that broad spectrum fungicide or a fungicide to be able to stick to the leaf surface and withstand a rain event. So in the case of something like Mancozeb, Mancozeb by itself so that would be like pencazeb or coverall or roper that by itself can be easily washed off when there is a product that's mixed in with it making it stickier it will stick to the leaf surface so it's sort of like it's able to withstand being washed off not as easily so as far as that's why you hear something with stick in it. Like you may have heard Bravo, I think um, Bravo stick, I think may have been a chlorothalonil that may have been a little more rain fast. Uh, and you can make something rain fast, a broad spectrum just by adding a spreader sticker. So that will that will just make the fungicide particles adhere to the leaf surface better. Something like captan is already rain fast. I mean, it's already pretty sticky by itself. It's a pretty durable fungicide. It will still get washed off, but it will wash off not as quickly as something that's not as rain fast. And so as something like the the single modes of action fungicides, like your Provia or Marivon or Luna Sensation... Those are rain fast because those are the types of fungicides that have been designed to penetrate the plant cells right on the right on the leaf surface. So we call those translaminar fungicides, which means that it'll penetrate the first few layers of cells, and sometimes it'll go from the top of the leaf to the bottom of the leaf. So those are technically rain fast because they're penetrating the leaf tissue, and they are they aren't, they can't be washed off as easily. Now that doesn't mean that, um, that they are completely impervious to being washed off. They can still be washed off because there's still some that will just sit on the surface, but the fact that they penetrate the leaf tissue makes them um, have that rain fast capability. Makes sense. Awesome. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I know, uh, you know, sometimes we'll we'll throw around some of these terms and it's always good to just kind of give that reminder. Absolutely. On, on
1: absolutely. Mean. Yeah.
0: Um, what else am I forgetting?
1: Uh, well, actually, so I for Fireblade, I realized I was so focused on like the pre bloom. We didn't really talk about bloom. So bloom will be here before you know it. So what do you do during bloom? Well, number one, you can still tank mix those plant defense um, elicitors like your ActiGuard, your LifeGuard, your Vasa plant with your product that you want to use to kill the bacteria in the flower. So that's what streptomycin does. Streptomycin is going to kill that bacteria that's in the flower and prevent it from getting into the nectaries. The beauty about streptomycin is that it is able to penetrate the leaf tissue or the blossom tissue and gets into the nectary. So if something slips in there, like a, some Erwinia bacteria unknowingly that streptomycin can still go after it. That's the only antibiotic that does that. Oxytetracycline doesn't do that. And that casugamycin or casumin doesn't do that. Um, so for, for the growers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, streptomycin still works. We have yet to detect streptomycin resistance, so it still works. So the rule of thumb is try to use uh, like you know two sprays at most, preferably if you have to uh, during the bloom period. Um, so you know the blossoms don't all open at once, so you have to be mindful of of how the blossoms are opening and keeping an eye on conditions. The NEWA website, that's the newa.cornell.edu, that has all these weather stations in Pennsylvania. So you could go in there and see the nearest newest station or weather station that's connected. And you could see the fire blight model and see what the model prediction is for the area that's closest to you. Uh, So that's one way to make sure that you efficiently time your streptomycin spray. Cause remember we need to build up heat units. So the first day we have warm weather, we like last week I had people worrying about fire blight, but we did not reach the heat units. Like it, even though it got warm, you know, by the time the blossoms opened, we, it was still did not trigger an infection event because we just did not get that level of accumulation of heat units. So you need to take that in consideration. Like one day at 80 degrees is not going to trigger an infection event. You need you need time. Remember, it takes, like it says, an accumulation of almost 200 degree hours above 65 degrees. That can happen really quickly when you've got like multiple days of 80 degrees in a row and maybe when your evenings don't drop below 65. So, you know, that can accumulate pretty quickly. So just being mindful of the temperatures and not feeling that, you know, you have to go out there the second you see a blossom, you know, just you can be judicious about it. On the label, it says you can use a max of four applications of streptomycin, but you always want to leave at least one streptomycin spray for a trauma event like hail or high winds or some, you know, freak storm that can happen during the summer because streptomycin will help kill that any bacteria that would get into that wound. So that's always like the rule of thumb there. So, um, so yes. So streptomycin is your, your management of choice, but I know there's probably organic growers listening too. So your options are limited for organic growers. So the best product right now that we've evaluated to date is a product called Blossom Protect, and that's a yeast. And what that does is that, you apply it to open blossoms and it coats the flower. So it's creating like this physical barrier. Their yeast creates this physical barrier preventing the bacteria from getting into the nectaries. So, you know, you have to apply it when the blossoms are open. And when the blossoms continue to open, you need reapplications. The downside of that is if there are wetting conditions, or any kind of rain event during bloom, those that blossom protect can cause fruit finish issues on apples. So you would want to follow up bloom time with something like copper or lime sulfur to kill that bacteria to limit fruit finish issues. So that's something to keep in mind. You know if you're choosing to use, uh, if you're choosing to use something like uh, blossom protect. You know, other things you could use, um, I know that people have used with with some success is something called Magnabon CS2005. (laughs) And this is a copper sulfate pentahydrate. And so all the copper ions are available at once. So it stands to reason that this would work because the copper ions are available and they'll kill whatever bacteria is there. And I think it might do a better job than something that's like a fixed copper, where you've got the copper particles. And the ions are released gradually. So, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind. But also remember, copper does cause fruit finish issues. So, you know, all coppers have that have that ability to do that. So.
0: I was just going to ask if uh, if all the copper ions at once would potentially cause any like phytotoxicity or uh, fruit finish, but.
1: I think, well, so we haven't done the experiments, but it, it stands to reason that it could at the certain rate, um, but I'm told by people that it doesn't. So, uh, you know, it could just all depend on what the conditions are and, and what's going on, how sensitive the cultivar is. So I don't have data to back that up, but I always want to say w- with the caution, just because copper is a general biocide. It's going to kill bacteria. It's going to kill fungi and it can kill plant cells too. So, you know, it doesn't discriminate.
0: Cool. That's really interesting. Um, I think we covered all the things we were really chomping at the bit to cover.
1: Yes. And, and one thing to also add with fire Blight is we worry, you know, as far as getting ready at, at like pink we worry about bloom and then there's petal fall. So, so you wanna be thinking about something, doing something at petal fall. So so during the bloom period, if you didn't use Apogee at pink, you may wanna consider throwing Apogee in during one of your streptomycin sprays because it, and that would help with limiting shoot blight post bloom. So that would help uh, as far as limiting any fire blight infection post bloom because when we're thinking about fire blight protection, we really have to think about not just the bloom period, but also the petal fall period, because a lot can happen that post petal fall period. Um, So as far as just being alert and being vigilant. So, you know, that's Apogee is one, one option to limit shoot blight. We've seen some luck with prophylactic copper sprays using Cueva, which is a copper soap. Um, So that has seemed to slow down. Um, shoot blight if there was some break in protection. Um, but it's, you know, the goal really is to you want to really tightly manage blossom blight infection. Um, so sometimes it it can get away from you as far as how intense the how intense the fire blight season is, especially if there's a wetting condition. So we take it one day at a time during a boom period. So and I will be sure to be I'll be putting out an, a disease update this week. And I definitely will be staying on my toes when the bloom hits. So I should have more disease updates coming out then too.
0: Cool. Uh, Well, I know that folks can ask you some questions that they might have in person in the next couple of weeks. That is right. So uh, I think I will take the opportunity to say that we have three orchard meetings next week. Uh, one in Seven Valleys on April 26th, one in York Springs on April 27th, and then one in Waynesboro on April 29th. Uh, then my meeting in Boyertown is on May 4th, Fishertown on May 5th, Elysburg on May 10th, Wexford on May 11th, uh, and then we have like a generic floating May 12th northeast meeting on the website which may or may not actually occur so put an asterisk on that one um that said there that is at uh the website for that is extension.psu.edu/spring-orchard-meetings uh, and i'll make sure to put that link in the description of the video so you guys can yeah. sign up for for your spring orchard meeting
1: so yeah the meeting's next week the first one's in york county so if anyone's in york county or nearby and then the next one's Franklin County. And then the one on, or is it Adams County? Adams County. So Adams County is on Wednesday and Franklin County's on Friday next week.
0: Very good. So Carrie, you'll be there. You'll be oh, there yeah. with Dr. Krawcheck
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, Dr. Uh, Shoup. Dr.
1: Shoup. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And is Long coming? Is Dr. He coming to those? Uh, maybe. those? He might, maybe
1: he might be. Yeah.
0: And I think so he's for- coming to mine
1: yeah and so, so for okay so for anyone listening who have never been to an orchard how these tortured twilight meetings work is that we visit a growers orchard they give us a tour we look at some interesting stuff and we go over updates um so or uh, updates of what's what's the issues in the moment and especially since you know we always try to time them to coincide with major stuff happening in the season so Probably by that time for a lot of people will be blooming, I imagine, or near bloom or you know, just after bloom, depending. But I, I imagine we'll be in the bloom period next week. So and then yeah. it usually will go that where we're visiting, it'll be probably bloom every week, <laughs> you know, as far as as how the how the how things go with the the latitude. So
0: Well, I know we're really excited to have you guys come up and visit us in Berks County. And I think it'll be a really good meeting. Um, I know folks already have some questions primed and ready. Um, As always, if anyone listening to this has any questions, feel free to shoot Carrie or myself or any of the folks uh, with Penn State Extension an email, and we will put your question on the podcast. Um, Any final words of wisdom?
1: Well, you know, fire blight season, I always say the closer we get to May, the more dicey it gets because that's when it coincides with warmer temperatures. And that's how it's happening this year. The closer we get to May, the dicier gets. So just be vigilant. It will, will, the only way around it is through it. And, you know, I'm losing sleep right there with you. So (laughs) solidarity.
0: Thanks, Gary. All right, everybody you have a good rest of your day and we hope you have a nice spring season and we'll be right here with you for anything you might have. All right. Say goodbye.
1: Goodbye.